Hi, everybody. Hi, Mrs. Gilson's class. Hi, Erica. Hi, Sonia. Hi. Hi, Sonia. Hi. Hi there. So today we are with Sonia Mainzma with the Denver Metro Clean Cities Coalition. And she's the project leader. And she is going to share with us and with you kids what they're doing in Denver with clean energy in transportation. So, Sonia, how about you take it away, and then I think these kids have some questions for you. Yeah, so like Erica said, I work for a nonprofit called Denver Metro Clean Cities Coalition, and I actually live in Colorado Springs, which is south of Denver, because we're also doing some work down here. Um, but what we do is work on clean transportation and mobility in Colorado, and we work with city fleets and business fleets and a whole bunch of other people and organizations to turn their cars into clean transportation. Um, and then we also do a lot of education on electric vehicles, uh, and we do that through a program called Drive Electric Colorado, and we also have a website that we run called Drive Electric Colorado that offers a lot of information about electric vehicles for consumers. So Mrs. Gilson's class, did you want to get in right in with some of your questions? I got, I got, um, if it's anything like the past, you got, your kids always have wonderful questions. Oh, thank you, Erica. Yes, we would. First up for our first question is Lauren. Lauren. My name is Lauren and my question is, what does your job entail and how much education did you have to have? Yeah, um, so for my job, I spend a lot of time talking to people about clean transportation and alternative fuels. So we talk a lot about electric vehicles as well as about hydrogen cars and other types of clean fuels like renewable natural gas and propane. And we do a lot of events and webinars and workshops and we educate people about how to use these cars and how they might fit into what their fleet needs are. Um, we also, I also help people apply for grant funding for EV chargers. So we work to put EV chargers all across Colorado. And then we also do a lot of work um, advancing different types of mobility. So looking at bicycling and walking as alternatives to driving cars. Um, and our mission is really to achieve healthier air quality in Colorado by accelerating clean transportation and mobility. And for my educational background, so I'm actually from Minnesota. I grew up in Minnetonka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I went to college there. I went to college in St. Paul at McAllister College. So I have a bachelor's degree in anthropology and environmental studies. And then I also have a master's degree in sustainability and policy analysis from Indiana University. So that's my educational background. Wonderful. Good question. All right, number two, our second person with a question is Jocelyn. Hi, my name is Jocelyn and my question is, why should I be concerned about climate change and electric cars? Ooh, that's a good one, Sonia. 
Yeah, that is a good question. Um, you know, I think climate change is a global problem and it impacts everyone. Um, and one of the ways that we see a really big impact from transportation specifically is in local air quality. And so electric vehicles are, are a really great way to improve air quality in your local area because they don't have what's called tailpipe emissions, which is basically that exhaust that comes out of your gas car. Um, and so you're not breathing in those harsh chemicals and pollutants when you drive an electric vehicle. Um, and then you can also, you know, reduce your impact in terms of your carbon footprint um, when you're driving an EV. But, you know, the best way to reduce your impact on the environment would be to bike and walk and take public transportation more than driving your own car. But if you're deciding between a gas car and electric car, then electric cars are, are better for the environment and for your health than gas cars are. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Question number three is Tilly. Hi, my name is Tilly. And my question is, how is climate change affecting our everyday life? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's a really big question. You know, I think climate change is really widespread all across the world, um, including in the U.S. So like I said, you know, we see a lot of uh, effects on the air quality um, from transportation and fossil fuel production. We're also seeing a lot of impacts from climate change in terms of severe weather events. So talking about those wildfires we see on the West Coast and all across the Southern US um, and now even into the Midwest. Um, and then also water quality issues. So talking about drinking water and whether it's safe to take fish out of lakes. Um, and then also just with overconsumption of you know, meat and agriculture, and, and as well as plastic, you know, we, we just consume a lot of stuff and doesn't usually get recycled or reused in the best way. So we see lots of effects of climate change from all of those things and pretty much everything we do. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> Good job, Tilly. Next up is Ben. Hi, my name is Ben and my question is, why do we have electric cars if we have to have big plants to make electricity? Won't that pollute as well? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so electric cars allow us to make better efficient use of the electric grid. And so one of the key ways that they do this is that a lot of people charge their electric cars at night when they're sleeping. And that also ha happens to be the time when there's the most wind energy in the electric grid, which is the cleanest form of energy. And so it doesn't require us to build dirty plants to charge these cars because we're just using the energy that's already there more efficiently. Um, and then when we also add in more renewables, as coal plants are getting retired, then that electricity is becoming cleaner as well. Um, and right now, the electric grid has enough capacity to charge all of the EVs that are on the road, as well as many more. And so we, we're not going to need to expand 
and build upon the electric grid until a few years down the road when a lot more people are driving EVs. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, our next question is from Ray Lynn. Hi, my name is Raylynn. And my question is, what is the best electric car, electric and affordable car available today? Yeah, that's a hard question to answer because a lot of different people have different needs from their cars. Um, you know, some of the, if we're talking about affordability, some of the most affordable cars are the Nissan Leaf, um, which is a mini, a small hatchback. Um, and that costs around $30,000 without any, <laughs> uh, any discounts. However, uh, the federal cover government offers discounts for purchasing new EVs and you can get up to $7,500 off the price of a car um, when you file your taxes. And then in Colorado, we also have a state tax incentive of $2,500. So on top of the $7,500, you can get $10,000 off of a new car, which is a pretty good deal. Um, Mini Coopers also have a new electric car, and that's pretty affordable as well, around the same price of $30,000. And then if you want a bigger car, like an SUV style, the Hyundai Ioniq would be the best one there in terms of affordability. Um, but, you know, there's lots of different reasons that people like electric vehicles. So, you know, a lot of people really love the Teslas. They're very popular. Um, and the Model 3 is actually pretty affordable too at around $35,000. Um, and then we're seeing a lot of excitement around some of the bigger SUVs now. So the Ford just came out with a Mustang Mach-E. And then we see lots of people loving the Audi e-tron as well, but those are much more expensive, around seventy dollars to $80,000. Um, and then we're also seeing lots of pickup trucks coming out this year and next year. So we're really excited about that. And have you guys, have you guys seen my pictures on my Mitsubishi Outlander? We did. Yeah, so that's a, a reason I'm driving that is it's affordable, it's a plug-in and electric, so you can do both. And so there's um, there's a PHEVs, plug-in hybrid electric, there's hybrid, and then there's all electric. So there's lots of options out there, and like what Sonia said, based on what you need, and um, like I needed towing capacity, and that's why the Outlander was affordable and can tow. So um, it's just exciting, all the options out there, and um what works for different people yeah we're seeing lots of of new models coming out in the next few years so they're going to be tons of cars to choose from thank you sonia our boys of course like the teslas and the fancier cars here <laughs> natalie is up next hi my name is natalie um my question is that sometimes my gas cars don't start in the winter Will the electric cars do the same? That's a good question. Um, so electric cars are generally very good cars to drive in the winter. So because you charge them at home, they're gonna be uh, fully charged when you wake up in the morning. And they actually heat up faster than gas cars do. So you know when you get in a gas car in the middle of the winter and you're like freezing cold for the first 10 minutes, 
So you don't have to deal with that with electric cars because the engine doesn't have to warm up. The battery just turns on, so it just immediately sends out heat air or hot air. Um, and yeah, your battery, unless it's like negative 40 degrees or something like that, you shouldn't have any problem turning on your electric car in the winter. Thank you, Sonia. You're welcome. And Sonia, you know it only gets to like negative 20 in Minnesota. So <laughs> Right? Exactly. <laughs> Our next question comes from Holden. Hi, my name is Holden. Will I have to pay for my electricity when I plug my car in? Yes, you do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it will be included in the monthly electric bill that you pay. Um, and so that bill will increase when you charge your car at home, but you're not going to be paying for gas. And it's actually cheaper to pay for electricity to fuel your car. It's about half the price of gas. Um, and so you'll be saving, you know, that amount of money when you charge your car at home. Um, but yes, you will, you will have to pay a little bit more each month for your electricity. But Sonia, also when you charge at a charging station, um, how much is that like that? That's Yeah, so that would be a little bit more expensive, um, especially if you're using a fast charger, which sends a lot of electricity to your car in a very short amount of time. So that costs a lot more money, but it is still cheaper to pay for that type of charging than it is to buy gas. All right, our next question is from Katrina. Hi, my name's Katrina, and what happens if the electricity goes out, and do we have a backup? So I think it would be a very rare occurrence if you um, both had your power cut out and your car was completely uncharged. So it probably wouldn't be too much of an issue um, that being said, if you really needed, you know, to charge your car and you didn't have electricity at home, you'd probably have to take it to a public charger to charge it, um, you know, at the local mall or wherever the, you're, you can find a charger. Um, but also we're seeing this technology called vehicle to grid that's coming on right now. It's, it's sort of in development, but what that does is it allows the electric utility to actually take the energy stored in your car battery and use it to support their electric grid in the event of grid vulnerability. So basically they can take the energy that's stored in your car battery and use it to power your home, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. That's super cool. All right, my next question is from Layla. Uh, my name is Layla, and my question is, are hybrid cars good for the environment and better than electric cars? Yeah, that's a good question. So generally, we see that hybrid cars are um, a little bit worse than electric cars in terms of their environmental impacts as well as their cost savings, but they're still better than gas cars. Um, so... When we're talking about a traditional hybrid, which is not a plug-in vehicle, those are a little bit better than gas cars, um, but they also have more complex systems in the car because you have the gas engine 
as well as the car battery. So sometimes that requires you to maintain and repair the car a little bit more often. So you're paying a little bit more money for that. And then also with plug-in vehicles, it's really important that the drivers remember to recharge their car every time the electric range runs down. And that electric range is usually a lot shorter compared to the full battery electric. So with plug-ins, the average range is about 30 miles of electric range. But on a full battery electric like the Tesla, you can have up to 300 miles. So it's a really big difference. Um, and if you don't remember to recharge that plugged-in car, the plug-in hybrid, then you're just running on the gas um, engine. And that actually has worse emission standards than a gas car does. So it's not very good for the environment if you're not continually recharging the car. Thank you. Makes sense. Thanks, Sonia. Next up is Paxton. How do we stop climate change? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a really big question. Um, I think we all have to work together to try to limit the impact that we have on our local environments. So, you know, remembering to recycle and trying to use less plastic, um, as well as, you know, if you do need to buy a car, then buying an electric car is a great way to reduce your impact, um, as well as trying to bike and walk more. Um, and then just all working together to, you know, create innovative ideas and technologies to fight back on, on climate change. But it's a really complex problem that doesn't have any one solution. It, it requires, you know, efforts from every single person in the whole world to, <laughs> to work back on it. Thanks. All right. Paxton, you want to ask anything about the, the Tesla? When was the first electric car Oh man, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was sometime in the 1800s. It was way, way back a long time ago. They actually were invented, I think alongside, or maybe even before the gas car was. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Um, yeah. And we have Logan next. Hi, I'm Logan and this is my question. Will we have to have lots more power lines with all the electric cars? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so right now, we don't need to build too many more power lines to fuel our electric cars because, like I said, electric cars allow us to use the electricity that's already on the grid a little bit better. So we're um, we're using the electricity more efficiently and that allows us to not have to build more power lines. But once everyone is driving an electric car, then we are going to see some more uh, power lines go up. We will have to build those. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Isaac has a question. Hi, I'm Isaac and how do we dispose all of the electric batteries in cars when we need a new one? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that is kind of still being developed by a lot of people um, in the battery field. So there's basically 
two options. Um, the first is to find a secondary use for the battery. So once it can no longer be used to fuel a car, it can still be used to work in things like generators um, or in, um, you know, backup, like other secondary uses like that. Um, and then if, if the battery is like completely devoid of being able to hold energy, then we move on to recycling. So we can take out the, the small components that make up the battery and we can reuse the things that still have some life in them to put in things like cell phones and laptops and things like that. And then all the other stuff gets recycled and we try to reuse that in the best way we can. Okay. Thank you. Sonia, about how long is the life of an electric battery? So that's still kind of hard to say because um, most of the electric cars on the road haven't been in use for very long. Um, but from the earliest ones that we're seeing, they've lasted around 10 years. Um, and most of the car batteries are warranted for up to like 800,000 miles, which is a lot of miles on a car. So yeah, they look pretty good right now, um, but they do lose their range after you know that many years. It's, you might only have like 20 or 30 miles on, on the battery at that point. Right, okay. And then um, do we have a specific date that they want all of the United States to be electric vehicles? No, not um, not federally. So each state has um, some mandates. So California, for instance, is trying to move to fully electric by 2035. I think that's the only state right now, although Massachusetts might have just done the same thing, but um, most other states just have kind of a percentage goal of how many people are driving EVs. So and in Colorado, we have a, a number of goals. So our goal is to have 940,000 electric vehicles on the road by 2030. We really appreciate, Sonia, that you're here, that you're educating our um, fourth graders at Rossman Elementary and taking time out of your day because we didn't know very much about it. We had to look it up. Their questions were... Um, I thought superb, and um, I think they did a, a great job of doing their research. And um, it was really fun just to talk about it, and the questions that they did have were very interesting. Yeah, yeah, they were great questions. So if you have any more, let me know. Hey, thanks, you guys. This was so awesome. I love seeing, I love seeing all you guys again. Mrs. Gilson's, your class is awesome. Good job with all your questions, and. Sonia, thanks, like Mrs. Gilson said, for sharing your time. And um, we love connecting students to professionals like you so that kids can ask questions and we can all learn a little bit more. So it's perfect. Uh, we appreciate Bye. That. Thank you so much.